It's time to stand up and make a difference. This is not a Republican versus Democrat issue. You know what my father said, you can do anything you want as long as you're willing to pay the consequences. You guys are fantastic. I have the absolute best listeners going. It's time, don't you think? Don't you think it's way past time for them to start doing what they should be doing? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I don't care if we're talking about the state house or we're talking about the dog catcher. Right is right and wrong is, well, what they're doing. Let's let them tell me that. They don't want to see me coming into a meeting and asking that same question. You get educated, you get registered, and you get out to vote. Or you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Simply put, the goal is to better government through citizen involvement. Do they not understand here the cover-up is worse than the crime? The cover-up is always worse than the crime. I guess it's true what they say. Perception truly is reality. Now, Perception is Reality, with your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. Wow, what a what an introduction. What a cool little introduction. Those clips kind of give uh, a first-time listener maybe an idea of what they'll be hearing throughout an episode. Thank you to those of you that gave me the ideas for the clips to use. And thank you all for being here and giving me a little bit of your time. I want to ask that you share the show with everyone you know. Of course, we can be found on all major podcast hosting sites. We can be found at the home link at perception.fireside.fm. The easiest way to find us is simply Google Bilbrey Podcast. That's B-I-L-B-R-E-Y Podcast. Also, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Bilbrey318. There, I do a live video episode every evening, seven days a week, live at 8.35 p.m. Check that out. Okay, so for today's show, episode 118, I actually had two different shows that I've been working on for the last several months, honestly, talking about it and talking with the people, and... I'm in the middle of both of them, kind of, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to get either one of them fully complete. So, again, at the last minute, I had to scrap both of those ideas. We will get those ideas to you still, but I had to go in a little bit different direction than what I had originally planned. So, for episode 118, I'm calling it what I look for, and it's going to be talking to you all about the candidate or candidates that I like. And I'm not specifically talking about a candidate running for office in Muncie or a candidate running for office in Madison County or or Newcastle, Henry County, Winchester, or not someone running for president. I'm not talking about a specific person. On all of the other shows before this, all 117 of them, I have focused on what we as citizens, what you and I should do. I have focused on what it takes 
to get active and to get involved and to vote and to hold your officials accountable. And what you have to do to vet various candidates and if you have a bad candidate, what you should do. And if you have a bad official, what you should do. I haven't ever really taken a look at or described to you in detail what I look at for a good candidate. I haven't went over what I like to see in someone that I support. We haven't talked about that. And so that's what I want to do for the next 45-some minutes. I want to talk to you all about my ideal candidate. And this is a person who could be a candidate for a three-horse town in a small little town someplace. Or this person could be mayor of Indianapolis. This person could be president of the United States, honestly. Now, this mostly focuses on local and state politics, specifically local because I'm talking about somebody who could be a Democrat or a Republican or a Libertarian or Green Party or Independent because I don't focus on the party and so many people get so overwhelmed by that idea, by the idea of the party and needing to stick with party line support. And I just don't do that. That's part of why we are where we're at from top to bottom, honestly. So, you need to be a good citizen and you need to get active and involved. And we'll always talk about that here. But part of that is knowing who you should support and knowing when you're looking at candidates who you need to look for What kind of a person should you be supporting? If you're going to support a candidate running for city council or county commissioner, who should you be looking for? Maybe I'll describe you and you will realize, hey, wait a minute, I could be a good candidate. So you can use this episode for either one of those two things. You can use it to decide maybe you might be ready to run or you can use it to decide who you should be supporting out of those that are running. Okay, so what do I look for when I'm looking to support a candidate? When I'm looking at somebody that's running against another person or running against several people, what do I look at? And a lot is said about what I am. Am I Republican? I'm not Republican enough. Am I Democrat? I'm not Democrat enough. Am I a liberal, conservative, libertarian? And and here is the God's honest truth. It doesn't matter what I am. What I am only matters if I'm going to file to run. Because I have to declare what party I am. And at that point, it would be based on, really, what I voted in the last election. Because as I've said many, many times, 
I have supported Republicans, and I have supported Democrats, and I have worked tirelessly to get Republicans thrown out of office, and I have worked tirelessly to get Democrats thrown out of office. I have polled Republican ballots in the primary and Democrat ballots in the primary. So it just depends on what's going on at that given time. But what party I am and what my beliefs are doesn't matter when I'm looking to support a candidate because we need to get away from thinking that everybody has to be just like us or we have to be just like everybody else. I don't know that I have ever... looked at a candidate and been like, that person's just like me, or, oh, I wish I could vote for this person, but they're not just like me. I look at the people for who they are. So first and foremost, I don't care. When I go to a community and I get involved in a community and I'm looking at their officials, I normally don't know what party who is for quite some time. One of the things that I've started doing is is specifically not finding out what party the person is because it truly doesn't matter. If you're a good Republican or if you're a good Democrat or moreover, if you're a good public servant, that's what matters. It doesn't matter who you pay your dues to as long as you're really paying your dues to the community. So the first thing I look at is if the person is human. Okay? I don't want somebody that's polished. I don't want somebody that doesn't have a personality. I'm not looking for somebody that's a cardboard cutout of of every other idea that people have in their mind. Of This is what a politician looks like. That's what I think the problem with Barack Obama was. Everybody talked about him being such an amazing thing because he was the first black president. And while I get the historical significance there, I didn't care about that because I didn't look at him as this is a black president. I looked at him as being a candidate that was running for office and what were his qualifications? What was his personality, and what was he bringing to the table, okay? Now, some people might say that's wrong, but I just, I, I, I get so, the problem I have with Barack Obama is he was so polished that he was a shining example of what everybody would think a politician should be ready with that smile and the handshake and he's ready to shake your babies and kiss your hands. You know what I mean? I I don't like that cookie cutter, everybody looks the same type of deal. I, I don't like that. I like for candidates to have their own personality. You know, I, I don't need somebody that's sp- sparkling clean I need a human 
I want somebody that looks like you, that looks like me, that has worked in their life, that understands what it's like. <coughs> Excuse me, man. <clears throat> I think I'm, folks. I really think that that <coughs> paratonsillar abscess is coming back. I'm calling the doctor tomorrow, and I'm getting on it. <clears throat> You're gonna have to bear with me. Sorry. It's too early into this episode for this to be happening. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> Sorry. I should probably cut this part out, but it's real, damn it. It's raw. Um, okay, so I want somebody that knows what it's like to be a citizen in the community they live. You know, there are great elected officials who've kind of had a murky past. Yeah, they've been in some fights. They might have had a DUI. People have used that to hammer their opponents. I don't really care about that. Now, what I do care about is if the person is running for an office and where they'll be dealing with the budgets and handling money and the fiscal side of things, then I care about how they handle money, how they might deal with budgets in their own life. Now, if you point to a candidate who's 50 years old and say that person had a bankruptcy when they were 20 years old when they went through a divorce now nah, i'm probably going to tell you to slow your roll because if we can't look at people and realize that life is about gaining experience and in life you make mistakes and in life, there are issues that arise, and it's how the person deals with them. If we can't understand that, then we are already doomed. So don't point to a person who's running for office and tell me about all of this horrible crap they've done 25 years ago, and for the last 25 years, they have had a spotless, clean life. Because what that tells me is, this person was like everybody else, and they just happened to run afoul of the boys in blue a time or two, and that they learned from their mistakes, and... They're a shining example of what the system was there for, okay? Now, don't give me a person that's a felon because obviously a felon can't even run for office. Keep that in mind, 214 Delaware County, Indiana Democrats. I know sometimes you like to slide them through. But the first thing I look at is not Republican or Democrat. It is, is this person a human being? Are they somebody that is able to sit down and chat with me? They're willing to be open, they're willing to be honest, and they're willing to be just a good old boy or girl, and I don't mean that in the political sense of a good old boy system. I just mean somebody, black, white, 
Native American? Hispanic? Are they an American? Do they love America? Do they love our state? Do they love our community? And are they going to do the best that they can do for the majority of the people that elect them? Because, let's face it, that's what it is. Not everybody's going to be happy. But do they have a sense of community? That's the first thing. Then, I might start looking about what they do that makes them a leader. Do they have leadership ability? Are they a natural-born leader? Do people flock to them? Do they carry themselves in that way? Or is it in there somewhere? Maybe they're not specifically a leader yet, but do they have that ability? Do they have the ability to sway other elected officials to support their causes? You know, not every elected official is a leader. You're aware of that, right? And not every leader becomes an elected official. That's just how it shakes out. There are some elected officials that are followers, and I guess to a certain extent we need that. I would rather have a whole council of leaders than leaders and followers, but I guess some people do play their part and and they, they, they do live up to what's needed in that follower position. But the second thing I look for is, like I said, is this person a leader? Can they be a leader? Will they be a leader? Okay? Then, obviously, I look for honesty. Will this person sit down and talk to me and be honest? Tell me when there's something wrong. Will they tell me when they don't know? You know, so many people are afraid when they run for office, when they do the debates, when they do the forums. I don't know how many times, how many times I've been talking to candidates before a forum, and especially first-time candidates, are so afraid that they're going to be asked something that they just simply do not know the answer to. Or I don't know how many times I've been doing an interview with someone and they want the questions ahead of time and sometimes as an interviewer I give the questions ahead of time sometimes I don't it just depends whatever happens I'm always fair about it meaning if I'm going to interview two candidates running for clerk and I give one of the candidates the questions ahead of time then I will give the other candidate the questions ahead of time But if I say, no, I'm going to ask the questions the day of, then I do that across the board. I'm always fair about that. But I don't know how many times, getting back to my point, that a candidate has been afraid that they're going to be asked something that they simply don't know the answer to. And this is a major, major, major point with me. When that happens... The best thing that can happen is for that candidate to say, wow, I don't know. 
I I should probably know that. It's it's lost on me. I, I maybe we were doing this or that or whatever, but I do not know. And here's what I'll do. As soon as I can find the answer, I will get back and I will let you know that and I will make sure that people are able to hear this answer. Because that is a true hallmark of of a leader of somebody that you want. Someone who can say I don't know everything, but I'm willing to search it out. I'm willing to get the right answer, and I will do that. Now, they then have to follow up, because I don't know how many times candidates have told me they would find out an answer to my question, or an official has said, I will find an answer to your question, and then I've just never heard back from them on it until I contacted them three months later and been like, hey, oh, by the way, uh, uh, did you ever find out about blank? So, you know, that that's something they have to do, and that's very important. Are they able to say, I don't know? Because that lets you know. What, what oftentimes you'll find is there will be a candidate who's so afraid to say, I don't know, that they will either, one, talk in circles to the point that you don't even know what's being said, or two, and worse, they will lie. They will make up some extravagant answer that answers your question, and then when people start to look into that and fact check it, nobody knows what's going on. That is horrible, and I don't know how many times that that's happened. It's it's happened way too many. So those are two things that you'll definitely want to look out for. I always like to ask a question specifically that I know that pertains to the office that this candidate might not know because I like to see how they react to that. I think that's always very telling. All right, let's go ahead and take a real quick break. When we come back, we will finish talking about what you should look for in a candidate or what, to me, a good candidate looks like, maybe you might be listening to this and realize, hey, wait a minute, this sounds like me, and maybe you'll decide to run next time. That would be fantastic, because as much as we need good citizens to be active and involved, we also need good citizens to say, hey, I'm going to file, and I'm going to run. You're listening to episode 118 of Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey. We'll be right back. Perception. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. Welcome back, everyone. You're you. I'm Christopher Bilbrey. 
And this is the 118th episode of Perception is Reality. We're talking in this episode about how to pick who the best candidate is. How to know who you should support. Or how to know if you might be right to run. So we've talked about picking the person over party. And we've talked about looking for leadership qualities. Now, look, I get it. As I say, on the local level, party doesn't matter. So your ideology doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you think about immigration or abortion or gay rights. When you're running for city council and your job is road repair, snow removal, police and fire protection, and bringing jobs into the community. That being said, who the person is aligned with does matter. Where do they pay their dues? Who is their boss? You know, are they bought? Is it a person who, yeah, they might be in with the local Republican Party, but do they think for themselves? Do they take orders from a party boss? Do they have friends on both sides of the aisle? Or are they beholden to the idea of their party solely? You know... What what makes them tick? That is important because if you get somebody who is totally sold on straight party, but they are a leader, and it doesn't matter if they're a Democrat or Republican, well... That might be something that you want to avoid. So you have to dig a little bit and you have to know and you have to go to forums or watch forums or get the play-by-play on the forums that they attend. And it's a little bit of tough work. I completely understand that. I'm not saying that this is going to be easy. That's kind of a carryover from last episode, episode 117. This is not going to be easy, okay? Because... Everybody's going to be telling you the very best about themselves. They're campaigning. So you're going to have people that are specifically trying to lie to you, specifically trying to cover up things that they don't want you to know. They're going to be telling you everything under the sun. And that's why it's important to listen to these people in multiple settings. That's one good reason or one reason why you should push them to do interviews on shows like this one. See, imagine an election is happening in your city and I offer to all of the candidates, the current incumbents that are running for re-election, the new candidates, candidates that have ran for years and years, All of them, I offer them all a chance to interview with me. Now, listen, I don't do that for my health. 
I don't do that because I feel like I want to talk to the mayoral candidate or the clerk candidate. I don't do that to become their friend or to have, you know, somebody's phone number and feel important. And a lot of times people feel like I have some kind of ulterior motive with that. Here's the reason I offer the interviews. I offer the interviews so that they can come here and no matter what I think about them, no matter what they think about me, during the interview, the interview process, I give them a fair shake. I ask them good questions based on the office that they seek. I don't do the same 10 questions for everybody, the same five questions for everybody, the same 30 questions. I tailor it to the office, to the city or county or town that they might be in, and I tailor it to the needs of the citizens. A lot of times I come to you, the listener, and ask, Okay, in two weeks, I'm going to be interviewing these people. Let me have your questions. And I take those, and I compare them with what my questions are that I already have. And I study, and I research, and I formulate my questions. And I ask them the questions. And I ask their opponents the same questions. So nobody has an unfair advantage Nobody has more of a chance or less of a chance. And we put those out, those interviews out, so that you, the listener, can determine between these two candidates, these three candidates, these six candidates, however many there are, who the best person is. And on the flip side, who might be the worst person is, who who you know you want to stay away from. But the point is, so their platform can be heard. I give them the floor. Now, if I have somebody on here debating a point, debating a policy, debating an issue, that's a different thing. That can be a free-for-all. If I'm talking about somebody in their capacity as an official or in their capacity as a candidate and giving you commentary or analysis on something that they're doing or they've done, that's my opinion. And I might be hard on that person, but I'm fair during the interviews. I've interviewed enough people and you guys have listened to enough interviews to know that I'm fair. So if I ask a candidate to interview, it's only to help them. And when a candidate says no, well, then we have to wonder why. Why does that person not want to get their message out to the most amount of voters possible? Sorry, my voice is really starting to go. Here's the thing. When I've ran for office twice, myself as the candidate, 
I wanted to talk to every person I could as many times as I could talk to them. I wanted them to see my shirt. I wanted them to see my signs. I wanted signs up in their yards, and I wanted to talk to them. I wanted to talk to them in Walmart. I wanted to talk to them in line at McDonald's. I wanted to talk to them in a debate forum setting. I wanted to talk to the readers of the newspapers. I wanted to appear on the radio programs from that area. I wanted to make commercials, and by God, had there have been podcasts back when I ran, I would have done a podcast. I don't understand these candidates that say, no, we don't have time. Look, I know they're busy. I know there are tons and tons of things that they could be doing. Some of them they enjoy, some of them they don't. I know there are many things they they have on their schedule, but they can't be too busy to talk on the phone. You can't tell me that they don't have 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 minutes to sit down and try and convince you. They're not trying to convince me. A lot of times, my mind has already been made up. Now, I will tell you, I've done interviews where somebody has lost my support because of the way they handled themselves in an interview and what they didn't know and what they were saying. I've also been in interviews where somebody that I wasn't going to vote for won me over. That happens. So, if I ask the question, will you interview with me, and several candidates from any specific area start acting weird and saying no, you have to look back to the culprit. It probably, nine times out of ten, comes from that party chairman saying, we're not going to talk with him. Then you have to wonder why that is. That's the whole point of a campaign. It's a job interview where the candidates are the employee asking for the job and the citizens, the voters, well, we are the employer. We're the boss. And so, you know, I don't know if you could imagine your job when you did your interview for the job you're working right now if you have had to do an interview like that where your boss would ask you questions and you would say, no, I, I don't think I'm going to answer that. I'm fine. I'm, I'm a little busy this week. Oh, <laughs> of course. Of course you didn't do that. <laughs> of course that didn't happen. And it shouldn't happen here either. So this is a way that you can help with that. Don't make it just me asking these candidates. You all, the listener, the listeners, should push for that as well. When you're involved with your candidate, tell them, we think that you should do an interview with Christopher Bilbrey. We think that 
You need to get your message out. We want to hear you in comparison with your opponent. See, a lot of times what happens in these elections, in these campaigns, at the local level, at the state level, and at the federal level, is the candidates play to their base. Have you ever heard that before? Oh, they're just playing to the base. That means Republicans are speaking to Republican voters, Democrats are speaking to Democrat voters, and Libertarians are finding memes online. Okay, that's basically what that means. Well, when that happens, you're not really bridging the divide. You're not really attempting to get the crossover votes. You're not really attempting to get, at that point, the undecideds. Because all you're doing is speaking to your, your supporters. Who cares if you find out that your supporters like you? No kidding, they're your supporters. What you need to do is find out that your opponent's supporters like you. You need to find out that the undecideds are going to support you. As a citizen engaged and involved, what you need to do is you need to tell the people that you're supporting and you need to tell all candidates, we want to hear you in comparison to your opponent who will be interviewing with Christopher Bilbrey. That is pressure that we need to put on all of them. Okay, so now we have found out whose side they're on, whose shirt they wear, who they are supporting, the party themselves, really who we need to find out they're supporting is the community, the people. We have also determined if somebody has leadership skills or leadership ability, and we have come to the realization that it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican or Libertarian or whatever. It's the person who's best for the job. So we've, we've done all of that. Okay. Now, now we need to talk about what their platform is. And that kind of is the same thing, kind of bridging in from the interview Part of the interview is them telling you, besides the questions that I ask, them telling you what they plan to do, why they're running. It just can't be, well, I'm not that other guy, and so often it is. So, so often it's, <laughs> it's not about the real issues, it's just, I'm not that person, and Nobody should elect somebody like that. Nobody should elect somebody based off of a dirty, mudslinging campaign. I'm going to give you a very specific example here. In the state of Indiana, 
we are currently in an election season. And as of the recording of this episode, we are in the election season for the District 6 congressional race, which is a federal election for a federal national candidate. The winner will be the congressman or congresswoman for the 6th district of the state of Indiana, and they will go to Washington, D.C. Right now, the incumbent is Congressman Greg Pence. He's a Republican. He's the vice president's brother. I'm sure everybody knows who he is. His, he's a Republican. His Democrat opponent is Janine Lee Lake. Now, she ran against him two years ago and has more or less been campaigning this whole time. Okay? Since about six months into her first campaign, her campaign has focused on how her opponent is racist, how her opponent is homophobic, how her opponent is bigoted, and he doesn't care for Hoosiers. She chases him down wherever he goes, if he's ever any place close, and she tries to put on her hat as a journalist and try to pop surprise interview him which, of course, he doesn't do that. I don't know why he would. One time, he actually acts as though he doesn't even know who she is, and she makes a big production of it. Oh, you know who I am. I'm your opponent. And, and he's real nice to her. He's just like, I, I, I don't care. You know what I mean? That's, that's what it is. She thinks it's some kind of massive big conspiracy and they're trying to shut her down and it's it's the good old boy club. And let me tell you, there is a good old boy club and it's, it's not good and it's not fun and I try to break it down. I also want to go on the record of saying I am not a Greg Pence fan. I did not vote for Greg Pence last time. I will not vote for him this time. I also did not vote for Janine Lee Lake and I will not vote for Janine Lee Lake. Okay, I voted for the Libertarian in the race, and I will continue to. Tom Ferkenhoff. That being said, even though I do not like Congressman Pence, I really, really do not like the way that Janine Lee Lake campaigns. And I know that very few people like it. I don't know a thing that she will do if she's elected. I don't even know if she knows the issues facing Indiana's 6th district. I don't know if she knows what it takes to be a United States congressperson. I know that she's good at a fake smile being in front of the camera. I know that she's good at telling you how Greg Pence and his brother Mike, which I don't understand why she ever talks about Mike, she's not running against Mike, but she's good at telling you or us or all of us or the voters or whoever that they're bad people, and she'll tell you why they're bad people, but she doesn't tell you what she's willing to do 
as the congressperson from that district. And that's why she simply cannot win. Now, pulling back from that example, it's important for me to push to get the platform of these of candidates. It's important for you as the voter to push for this platform. You want to know what the candidates are running on. So push them for it. Don't let them throw you off the trail by telling you everything evil that their opponent has done. That's, that's not a way to elect people. Okay, from there, one of the most important things that I think that anybody should ever find out is... Will this person be willing to communicate with you? Once this person is elected, will this person continue to communicate the same way they do when they're running for office? See, what's funny is, a lot of times, you'll have somebody that's campaigning for, say, two years to be mayor. And the day that they are elected, they're in a little bit of shock. They're at the party, having their celebration party, and everybody's happy, and they're yelling, and there's alcohol, and it's a fun time. And then the very next day, they are no longer candidate so-and-so. They are now... Mayor-elect so-and-so. Council-elect so-and-so. Get it? There's two different people. The candidate, well, they want to talk to you. The elected person, they don't need to talk to you. And so often they pull that crap. I'll tell you a perfect example was Mayor Dan Ridenauer. I pushed that man, sold him endlessly, night and day, day and night, for two years. Matter of fact, several years before that, I even stated that he would be good to run for mayor during his first term as a first-time candidate. So when I tell you that I pushed him, well, you're all the listeners of the show. For everybody that's been here since the beginning or since quite some time, you know how I pushed Dan Ridenauer, the Republican candidate that was running for mayor of Muncie, who became the mayor-elect of the city of Muncie, who became the mayor of Muncie, and who has now been in the mayor's office for... Six going on seven, eight months. And he's completely different. He is not the same person that he was when he was running for office. He is more guarded. He is less willing to talk. He's definitely less willing to communicate through email or text or anything in writing. And it's just humorous to me. So when these people are running, you have to make sure 
they'll communicate. And I'm telling you, they might be lying to you, and you won't know this until. And if they are lying to you on any of this, well, then you have to strike them down at the next election, and you have to give them hell for the two or four years that they are in. That's part of it. Communication has to be a key. Hard work and dedication. You have to know that they are dedicated to your community. Above and beyond everything else, that's what they are there for. And so obviously this is not the only qualities that you will want to look for in a person. There are more and we will build upon those as we continue to go on, but these are a good starting place. You're listening to this 118th episode of Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey. We'll be right back. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. All right, folks, this 118th episode of Perception is Reality is dedicated to the natural force of gravity. Hear that? I love you, Bug. And for the rest of you, be sure to share the show with everyone you know. We can be found on all major podcast hosting sites, as well as at the home link of perception.fireside.fm. Be sure to also check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash bilberry318. Also, don't forget to check out the merchandise link in the summary of this episode. Until next time, stay active, stay involved. Stay safe. God bless. I'll talk to you again real soon. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765 546 9796. Till next time, remember, perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.